by the time I was 18, I was like full one nerd. I was like right in. I was like, why don't we call it Vino Mofo for the motherfuckers <laughs> that are trying to steal our mojo? Just start because what you end up doing or what ends up working is or very rarely looks like what you started at. All the cool shit that's happened in my life career has always been outside that comfort zone. You know, they, people yeah. talk about it, but it's so true. I don't have like work and home life. I Like this is just my life. Yeah. Uh, you know that people talk about like, work whatever life balance thing <laughs> work whatever like, yeah whatever the other thing is like balance i don't have it but it's because i love what i do like i don't consider it work it's just life welcome to the seize the yay podcast busy and happy are not the same thing we too rarely question what makes the heart sing we work then we rest but rarely we play and often don't realize there's more than one way So this is a platform to hear and explore the stories of those who found lives they adore. The good, bad and ugly, the best and worst day will bear all the facets of seizing your yay. I'm Sarah Holloway, or Spoonful of Sarah, a lawyer turned fun entrepreneur who swapped the suits and heels to co-found Matcha Maiden and Matcha Milk Bar. Seize the Yay is a series of conversations on finding a life you love and exploring the self-doubt, challenge, joy and fulfilment along the way. Hello, beautiful people. This episode took a little longer to get to you than usual, but all good things do take time, and this was a fabulous chat. Today's guest is an amazing entrepreneur, investor, public speaker, co-founder, and CEO of VinoMofo, the legend Justin Dry. Like many good ideas, Justin started VinoMofo with his brother-in-law at the time over a shared belief that wine shouldn't be about bow ties and bullshit. On Christmas Eve in 2006, they decided to start a business together, which led to several further wine-related businesses that ultimately ended up in the creation of Vino Mofo in 2011. Vino Mofo now operates in Australia, New Zealand and Singapore where it has grown so quickly to over 50 million in annual revenue, 500,000 members or mofos and a team of 100. Their incredible success has been recognised by a host of accolades including Online Retailer of the Year in 2015, Telstra Victorian Business of the Year in 2016 and Hottest Aussie Online Retailer in 2018, just to name a few. And Justin himself has been awarded Spotify Young Entrepreneur of the Year at the Australian Startup Awards, is a BRW Young Rich Lister Life Goals and has been named one of the top 50 people in e-commerce in 2016, 2017 and 2018 by Internet Retailing. I loved hearing how his love for wine and business have both persisted throughout his life and his vision has gone through multiple iterations before he landed at the one. Plus, as you'll hear, we had a great cackle together, so it was a seriously enjoyable chat and I hope you love it too. Justin, thank you so much for having me in your beautiful office. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming. I walked in mid-wine tasting, which was happening in the office. It's not that rare. Which is amazing. Yeah, it's, <laughs> like, it's how not, do you guys get anything done? Uh, we, we do occasionally. Um, it's not that rare. Like, we do wine tastings all the time. We need to try all the wines that we sell, and that's a lot of wine. So <laughs> if, you, if you do like wine, it's a good place to work. <laughs> I can imagine. Oh, my God. I was like, wow, this is ac- – they're working in there. Like, yeah. that's, that's what they do for work. No, this is their proper job. Yeah. This, is, this has been my proper job for more than a decade. What a great job. I know, it's good, isn't it? I'm not complaining, that's for sure. (laughs) All right, before we get started, I love to kick off each episode by asking everyone what the most down-to-earth thing is about them, because usually a lot of people will have heard of you before, and if not, they've definitely heard of VinoMofo. So to cut through, you know, that glossy surface that social media and our online personas can kind of create sometimes, what's something that's super relatable or totally normal about you? Um, 
I like Oriental noodles. <laughs> <laughs> so Justin just got married. I'm about to get married. And we just spoke for about 15 minutes about how broke that you get after you, <laughs> during and slash after your weddings and the two-minute noodle diet that you go on. Post the wedding. And, uh, and I had a debate with my wife, Ash, um, about what the best flavor of two-minute noodles was. And uh, hers was chicken. Mine was Oriental. Uh, we put it's it, beef, by the way. No, just don't, <laughs> don't enter that. Don't, don't, don't start this debate again. I've already lost massively on this. I, I posted it on uh, Insta with a, like, uh, give me your answer, like the poll thing. And she won like four or five times to one. Like I literally got... 150 votes or something, and then a lot of abusive messages. <laughs> no leg to stand on, Justin. No, I'm, I'm I am Oriental, and I don't think Oriental <laughs> flavor is the best. Oh, it's so good. But anyway, I haven't had it for ages, but it's just now. Uh, Ash got me a, a like one of those ginormous packets as a bit of a joke, like on the noodle diet post wedding, and um, now it's just sitting in the cupboard. And she got chicken, and that's what started this whole thing. I was like, how could you get chicken? Like seriously, what chicken. What else would you get? But then you know, I, everyone listening is probably going to hate me now because I'm the only person it seems in Australia to like. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear well that is very relatable <laughs> so the first segment is called way ta which is pretty much just how you got to now and i think it's really easy to look from the outside at what people's lives look like now when they're living their dreams and have started businesses that are going really well but that had to start somewhere and before that you had to have had a school life or a young life mm. so tell us about young justin young justin um did you always think you'd go into business Yes. So I was starting, trying to start business. I always liked starting stuff and creating things. So I was that guy, that guy boy, um, that was like <laughs> knocking on your door, asking if I could like mow your lawn, wash your car. I was trying to start businesses like super early. I had like my first business at 10, I think Is that the was. Christmas trees? No, that was the second or third. Oh. Um, yeah, that, that, was, that was like, that was that was years deep in the entrepreneurial journey. There, there was, oh, that was advanced. Yeah, okay. no. My super, bad. I'm, I'm, I was so excited, actually. I'll tell you about it later. But Richard Branson also had a Christmas tree selling business <gasps> when he was a teenager. I was like... I see the parallel. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I'm like, not really. But, um, but I was like, that's cool. That's cool. I've just got a few billions to go, but um, we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, but no, there's the first time. one... Yeah, there's time. There's the first one was the car washing lawn mowing business. I had my first employee at 10 and a half. Oh. Um, he'll be forever known as Lazy Ben. Because um, no. he, he also was the first guy I fired. Uh, he, he was my cousin. Oh, he was my, wow. was, you know, He came to my wedding. You know, we care about each other very deeply, but he wasn't the greatest of workers. <laughs> well, you know, you learnt management skills, I'm oh, exactly, sure. Exactly, exactly. You learnt HR, firing, hiring. Yeah, exactly. I'm not sure I did it that well. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, so I always knew. I, it was, I was surrounded by business conversations with the family, my dad was an entrepreneur, um, you know, saw the highs and lows of that life. And it was always the thing that we talked about around the dinner table in the car, you know, when you're going to sport, there was always mm. business talk. And I was always just so fascinated by it. And I was, it was more about being interested in creating new ideas than actually running the business. It was, that was the exciting bit for me. So um, that's what I still love to do today. Oh, awesome. That's so cool because I think so many people are like, oh, I don't know what I want to do. And, you know, even a few businesses deep or a few jobs deep, they're still not really sure what they're passionate about. And I love when you meet someone who's like, no, I knew. Yeah. I always knew since I was 10, my uh, first yeah. business. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't sure what space it was. I'm glad I didn't stay in the car washing lawn mowing business, but I, I knew it was going to be 
business related. You yeah. know, I, I knew I was going to be starting things. And I, that was the books I read. The first proper book I chose to read was Think and Grow Rich when I was like 13 or 14 or something. Oh my God. Yeah, and it changed my life. I was so like, young. This is so cool. Uh, you know, obviously I read plenty of books before, but they were all kind of like, this was your list of books you had to read for school or something. Yeah. And that was the first one I actually read. And I was just like, this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> How did you channel all that energy when you were at school at a time where business isn't really something that you're educated about so early I mean probably now it's a little bit better but even when I was at school it it wasn't you could do business management as a subject but there's not a huge amount about entrepreneurial pathways no there was nothing yeah and even when you leave school and you look at the kind of startup communities and entrepreneurial communities and podcasts like yours or magazines or whatever and there's so many ways to learn and to meet people back when I started there was like nothing Mm. you know even uh, you know uh, around Vino launch day and the three or four businesses that led into that there was like nothing you had to read like books about how to do business so, mm. you know and if you were lucky enough to have a great mentor that was awesome but I was also you know I wasn't advised to get a mentor early so I didn't even really know that mm. so it was really kind of learning it and working it out yourself to be honest and it's, it's so completely different and school no nothing completely nothing at all around that stuff that's so fascinating. Even more impressive how far you've come without having, oh, no, you know, I made that structure. Heaps of mistakes. <laughs> this is this is not this is not like through skill. This is through experience. This is through making all the mistakes to then not making the next time. <laughs> but you did end up going to uni after school. I think you did a bachelor's degree in wine marketing. Yeah, yeah. Is that an actual yeah, thing, or is thing. that just a joke it's in a, your no, bio? Because no, no, no. I was like, am I being really gullible? And I'm really gullible. So I was like, <laughs> good. Oh, 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 good and then I was know. like, wait. Is that a joke or is that no, a real no, thing? No, it's a real thing. And like, so it was back in South Australia. So I was born in Adelaide and uh, wine industry in South Australia is like massive. It's it's like it's about 60% of the industry across Australia. So mm. um, you live and breathe wine. There's like so many wine regions really close to Adelaide as well. So everyone's kind of touched by the wine industry. Mm-hmm. And my ancestors planted some of the first vines in the Brossa. I had uncles yeah. that worked in the industry. One was a lecturer at uni. So it's like you're really connected in Adelaide as to the wine industry and yeah so uh when i when i fell in love with wine which was early like i had my uncles like trying to you know make me do blind tastings when i was like 14 15 before i was even drinking <laughs> well at least drinking wine i was probably drinking vodka or something stupid but then but um <laughs> but at that point you know doing these blind tastings and then hearing about the history of our family that had planted some of the first Strauss vines uh by the time i was 18 i was like full wine nerd i was like right in like i was i was buying i was spending all my money on like expensive wines and like writing notes and then checking oh them against gosh. like James Halliday who's a super famous wine critic in Australia and like seeing what he wrote compared to what I wrote and I'll be like if we both said black current I'll be like yes <laughs> I'll be like I'm good I'm getting better <laughs> and so I was like super nerdy by the time I was like 18 so then when I went to uni I just decided to I want to study something about wine. I hadn't done my chemistry, so I was like, I can't do wine making, so I'll do that while I'm at uni and move towards wine making because you oh, need yeah. chemistry for wine making. So I'll start with marketing, focusing on wine. And there was this course called Wine Marketing. <laughs> uh, and it was out at the Roseworthy campus, which is in the like near the Brossa, like in the country. So I had to drive like an hour or so out of Adelaide. And so I used to do that. And um, yeah, it's legit. That is I don't know amazing. if it still exists. I think back then the wine industry was like booming internationally. It was like it was the thing for Australia at that stage. And mm. so, so many people were getting super excited about it. So all these courses and stuff kind of popped up around that time. And that was one of them. So I'm not sure if it exists or it's just part like a course within the marketing degree now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, but it was basically a marketing degree. I literally, when I was researching, sat there for about 15 minutes, like arguing with myself about whether that was a joke or whether it was yeah. real. And I was like, I am I going to look stupid if I ask him if it's no. a real thing? <laughs> I, get that, I get that a lot because people can't believe it's actually a thing. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know. My actual question written down here is, is that a thing? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so... Vino Mofo is probably one of the things you're best known for, but obviously your winepreneurial life started several businesses beforehand. Was that straight out of uni or was it during your degree? How did your yeah, first, so well, Quaff, I think it was called. Quaff was well after. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, but still a long time ago, it was showing my age. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but so I, I got into the wine industry straight after uni or while I was at uni, I was working at wine shops. When I got out of uni, I was, I was like a wine representative. I'd go and hold tastings for different wineries around the country um, and kind of talk through different wines. Uh, but when I was about 23, I was like, oh, I'm not sure if wine's a passion or profession. So I'll go and try something else, but obviously I want to start my own business. So I think that stage I went into uh, financial markets. I was a stockbroker for a while, then did that for the tech boom, which was awesome. Then the tech crash happened and it wasn't so awesome. Yep, uh, then <laughs> ride that way. Yeah, so I took a little, the little bit of money I had and went into property development, did a couple of big developments, like, you know, with no real money and somehow they worked. Uh, and, <laughs> and then, and then, then it, then, didn't work as well towards the end. Um, lots of stuff, you know, happening within that space. And then I was like, oh, I just need to travel now. So in the late 20s, I was backpacking around South America and I was looking for my next big idea. I didn't want to do property anymore. I was thinking I wanted to get back into wine. That was like 2006, I think, about then. And I was, I ran into this thing called Facebook. Um, ah. Yeah, it was before, it was like invite only then. And I, 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 <laughs> I met a couple of American tourists, like backpackers, that I was kind of catching up with through my backpacker travels. Mm. And they were using this thing called Facebook to connect and stay in touch with each other. And they invited me to be friends on this platform that I'd never seen before. And I was like, oh, this is super cool. And that's how we stay in touch. And I used it a bit and I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be big, you know? And I was, <laughs> and I was like, I wish I'd bought some shares um, yeah. at that stage because I would have been very wealthy. <laughs> but um, I was, came back to Australia going, this is like super cool. Facebook, I want to get back into wine. Uh, on one of my long kind of travels in, in a bus, like through Argentina or something, I came up with this idea like Facebook for wine, which was quaff. And so when I got back, I launched that with my brother-in-law, Andre, who was also looking at a similar idea in the wine online space, more around customer reviews. Mm -hmm. We got a little bit tipsy over Christmas one year and decided <laughs> after about two bottles in that it would be a good idea to go into business with family. And yep. that was quaff. And so we spent that night drinking wines, talking about our future plans and trying to get a good name. Wow. And everything was taken. So we misspelled quaff, which was like the bane of my existence for years because you go, oh, it's called quaff. And they'd be like, how do you spell it? And it's like Q W O W. No, Q W for Wendy, O double F, because it was the only URL we could get. And so, like, we were like, <laughs> so we spelled it, and it was just one of those things you're like, oh my God, this is so painful. Why did I do that? <laughs> you know, saying, I must have said that a million times on the phone, talking to like producers, trying to get them on board. Um, that was, so that, anyway, that was the first one. That was a Facebook for wine. That didn't make that much money. Mm -hmm. um, I think we made like 30 grand in the first year between two people before expenses. So, like, Christmases were very average. Yep. Um, and, you know, because he's my brother in law. So it's like you go to Christmas, like no one's got money. No one has like, presents. No one's got money. Yeah. Like, you, you know, sometimes you want, you know, if your brother or your sister are doing well and you're not, they can kind of pay for the presents and the food and stuff. But when no one's doing well, yep. you're like, all, really, same, all eggs in the same basket. Yeah, exactly. Awkward. Really <laughs> shitty Christmases. Um, and so then I, after Christmas bracket came back and I wanted to do something else, which, um, I wanted to, oh, I came back and I was like, oh, I guess I've got this other idea. I want to buy a combi. I want to travel around Australia um, and like surfing and visiting wine regions and tasting wines. Is that Road to Vino? Yeah, that was oh. Road to Vino. And so Andre's like, is there a business model in that? And I, and I was like, <laughs> Can we make that work? No, exactly. I, was like, I think <laughs> if we put our heads together, I think we can come up with a business model. And so we eventually thought, well, we'll film it, um, get in front of the camera, we'll film it, we'll talk about this journey around Australia, find the great wines 
and uh, hopefully we'll get sponsorship. And that's what we did the second year. That was really good, actually. Uh, we met so many amazing people because we were just like, oh, like, you know, when you start a podcast and you go, who do I want to interview? Mm. Um, we were doing the same thing with uh, wine winemakers and you know viticulturists. Were like, who are the like crazy cool rock stars that are up and coming? Who are the legends of the industry? And like, who are the people we just want to meet? So yeah. that's what we did. We did a, like a list of all the people we wanted to meet and talk to and hang out with. We were just like super like stars in our eyes, wanting to be <laughs> like wanting to like meet all the cool people in this industry that we loved. Yeah. And so we did this list, and then we ended up getting to know um, through this show the most amazing people in industry who you know fast forward you know 15 years are the people that are still really good mates and the ones that were starting up as rock stars have become like the legends of the industry and we know most of them you know that's and they're so our cool. friends and that's so that's what road to vino was and it was just so much fun there's so many stories around that like you know so much fun like lots <laughs> you know just stupidity so much stupidity and dangerous moments and just hilariousness are the episodes still available anyway yeah because I, I feel like i really want to yeah, watch it yeah. now <laughs> well, you would see the edited version that didn't Ooh, have all yep, the stuff okay. <laughs> but no they're great there's um there would be some episodes on uh, youtube if you just uh if you just type in uh rotavina but this is so much it was really good fun that and it so just cool. built such a great network and we yeah the when we released the first episode like wine australia called us and they wanted to sponsor us oh um, my straight gosh, away so wow. we're like oh wow cool oh my god this actually might work and they did and that was that helped out so much and then that kind of rolled better we had a we had a good year that year as far as a business but still we just hired more people as we earned more money mm. through this thing that we weren't actually probably taking home any more money yeah so you know christmas is still we're sucky <laughs> uh, <and laughs> your expenses get as big as exactly. your revenue and it's yeah. just yeah you're, you see the dollars you're like yes and then you, <laughs> you don't really think about the expenses that are needed to create those dollars oh yeah there's no play money no it's like, no, no where's the play money no and so the second christmas was slightly better but not not that much better then the third one we went i evolved that into we were still doing it but then we did the great south australian wine adventure which turned into the great wine australian wine adventure which is a mobile check-in app um which was like you know facebook check-ins where you can check in oh, yeah, locations yeah. the original kind of like foursquare like, yes yeah so i don't often say foursquare and go well because some people don't remember a lot of people don't remember it but oh my God, there were people who went around yeah i know like, what? Showing, showing your age <laughs> no, um, wow. i know isn't that hilarious and so these two check-in apps and i was playing with one i think it was foursquare at the time and i we were just going into sa tourism to pitch for funding for Road to Vino and on the way I came across this thing called Foursquare and I was playing with it going oh this is really cool <laughs> and by the time we got there we were pitching for a mobile check-in app for the wine industry not for Road to Vino oh and, my gosh yeah and we were going in with like uh, asking for 25 grand I think it was for Road to Vino sponsorship for the South Australian leg and like you know 20 minutes later we're in there and we're going so we've got this great idea for we've just um we've we've almost finished building it we're doing all this <laughs> and, and and the and the guys there loved it they're like this is the best thing ever this is so great um yeah we'll give you 50 grand so we got double the money on something that had been built on the idea that we created like 15 minutes ago and on then the they're like there. so how long yeah how long is it going how long is it going to take to finish and we're like oh yeah four weeks yeah cool and easy then, dev and, yeah easy 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 <laughs> and uh, then we walked out going we better find a web developer oh to build gosh. this bloody thing and that's what we did and four weeks later we released a really buggy version of the, um, of the of it's the in app. beta mode still yeah exactly just testing. On, on launch day like we had this big uh, event up in the hills which is adelaide hills wine region it's one of the first regions we did and the sa tourism did their um 
this big event with us too and they had all these influencers back then uh you know they're all twitter because that was yeah. the only platform that had influence <laughs> back there and and like all these kind of like you know uh, celebrity type people to do the launch and we turned it on and the bloody app didn't work <gasps> yeah you know that moment no. when you're like yeah that oh moment that you dread yep. and you hope will never happen to you we had it, it. thankfully it only lasted for like a, a minute and a half or something but my God, that was one of those, you know, oh, like with, Lucky the, with you have those, wine to give them. Yeah, just I know. throw the wine yeah. at the people. Luckily, they had already started drinking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so they just talked amongst themselves as we fixed it. Yeah, but, just talk amongst themselves, people. <laughs> but that was the third one, and then, then the next Christmas, uh, and which was like even you know slightly better, but still you know not great. Uh, I came back and was like, I've got this idea. Um, it's which was Vino Mofo. I love how that it's like measured from Christmas to Christmas. Yeah, like I that's your well, life that, that cycle. Point, like, I'd get to Christmas going. Oh, we're still here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we still haven't made it. It still sucks a bit. It's uh, like what are your present scale of success, yeah, yeah. of how the year went, is what you can buy everyone. Exactly, exactly. And it's like, that's another year without presents. <laughs> this, uh, you know, sometimes you got to like, look at the results. Yeah, you know? oh, totally. That is such a cool story. Yeah. I love, firstly, that it came, like you had a little diversion out of wine, but you've still ended up, before we even got to Avinamofa, you've still ended up coming back to something that you've been passionate about. Yeah. And that's part of your family heritage, like being an Adelaide boy. But also, even in all the research, all your LinkedIn, all of that, that kind of stuff, the stockbroking and property development is a tiny, tiny blip on mm. the radar. Mm. But it, really interesting to hear that people, even the ones that do end up bringing their profession back to their passion do often have little ventures off to the side mm. and I kind of think you know for me with law even though it, technically it was a waste of seven years I wouldn't have ended up where I am if I hadn't done no, it. No I don't think I think it's a waste at all because it's, it's, you learn so much through those years as well you mm. know like one you learn what you don't want to do. Yeah exactly <laughs> and I feel good. like that's as good a lesson as any. Yeah and law is also a great thing to have as a as a backup thing not as a backup for your career necessarily but just backup knowledge mm. like the knowledge you learn within that industry is really good for business generally mm. so I yeah. And so did you feel close. that in your. I tell you, I'd rather have done more than <laughs> wine marketing that probably doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> it certainly didn't help me. I didn't really learn much there. <laughs> in the time that you were in corporate, what would you say to anyone who was who's in that kind of phase of their journey now? Like they know what their passion is. They've had to move out of it for their career because people have to pay bills because maybe they don't know what else they want to do. But if they're feeling that itch to sort of get back into something, what would you say to them in that phase? I always just say, um, like if you can, it's hard not knowing individuals circumstances yeah like you know do they have family do they have kids do they because if you've got if you've got a minimum amount of expenses that you just have to pay for the safety and health or whatever of your family Mm. then you've got to do it after hours you've got to do it in that way whereas it's really easy to go just start just go and do it but if you don't actually know an individual circumstance you can't really just say that but generally speaking without um without knowing that and assuming that they have the freedom to be able to live on noodles yep. and um <laughs> and not spend any money and maybe move back in with oriental mom and dad fiber. or whatever it is yeah, yeah. um you know if you the oriental noodles yeah. uh, <laughs> i would say it's, it's just start because like what you end up doing or what ends up working is n- or very rarely looks like what you started at absolutely you know what i mean so like you look at the like all the different business I've had even within the wine space it looks nothing like what we started at Mm. within the wine business so if you go in you learn 
work out what makes sense and what doesn't make sense, what the yeah. market wants, what the customer, consumer wants. It's um, it's those things that you learn over time that make the business in the end. Like when I look back and go, because Quaff we thought was the one, mm. we're like this is going to definitely work. Mm. And what it was was a great way to kind of connect with this younger audience of wine lovers that agree with our no bow ties, no BS bullshit, but uh, attitude around wine, mm. but super passionate. You know, mm. so we built that. And then yeah. the next one, Rotavino, was out, which we thought was the one. <laughs> Another one. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and then we, but what we did was we connected with all the producers and they became our best friends. Mm. And then the third one was the check-in app, which did a little bit of both and merged with some corporate kind of sponsorship stuff. Mm. We thought that was the one. And then the fourth one, which was Vino Mofo. <laughs> was the actual was one. Was the actual one, but you took the elements of each. Yeah. We needed the elements of each to build the final one. Yeah. We needed the audience connection to that audience. We needed the network of producers to get the right wines at the right prices. And then we needed those to build to then launch Phenomofo. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, it actually all made sense. It's actually like 1.1, 1. 1. yeah. 1.2. 1. Yeah. <laughs> but all necessary. Yeah. So I'd like, I don't know, just start, learn, learn what you love, learn what you don't, learn what the market loves and what it doesn't. Mm. Um, and just, I don't know, keep going. I love that too because I think people do expect to kind of land, you know, if they do take a big risk and leave their job, they kind of think the first thing is going to be the one. Yeah, it very rarely is. Yeah, and you have to be aware of the fact that it might just be a stepping stone. Otherwise, you might not call it when it's not working for you and evolve it into something else. It's the hardest thing to call it. Yeah, (laughs) at Christmas time. Yeah, Christmas time. That was the only time because you go... You know, occasionally, I can't remember the same, but it's like you occasionally have to look at the results. Mm. Like, so at Christmas time, when you can't afford presents and you can't afford decent food, you're like, oh, that's not actually working very well. Something's got to change. So, yeah, something's <laughs> got to change. So now's the time to think about it. But during the year, your head's buried yeah. and you're working so hard and you think the more work and more effort and energy you put into this thing, the more likely it will be to succeed. So you just work your bum off. Yeah. And then you get to Christmas and you're like, oh, it's actually not much better. Yeah. So maybe I've got to think <laughs> about this. And so that's what we did. And that's why that those Christmases kind of divided my ideas because it was a time to reflect. Yeah. That's so cool. I love that. And I love how in none of the literature that I've read about your story have any of them been even vaguely referred to as like a failure. Mm. Like you might joke about them as failed businesses, but mm. really they've just been something you've evolved into another iteration. And I think a lot of people would look at that and in, if they were in your shoes have thought, oh my God, I failed. I'm going to go back to my job yeah. because I didn't, I didn't do it right the first time. Yeah. And I think it's such an important message to take out now just listening to it that, that it's part of most stories. Most business stories have lots of different iterations and they are an ingredient comes out of each time that leads you to the one. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us about the one. I believe it started as Vino Mojo. Yeah, Vino Mojo. So uh, <laughs> when I when we when I came to uh, Andre with the idea, I was like, all right, I've got this idea. This is what I want to do. Um, he his first response was no, <laughs> um, because we had so many other businesses and stuff going on. But eventually, I convinced him. Um, but he came up with the name Vino Mojo. It was like get your mojo working. Yeah. Which I didn't love, um, but it was the best name that we could think of at the time. So get your mojo working. Uh, we did the launch campaign, so we built it as soon as we could. We uh, we kind of posted socially, got all the pages that you're supposed to get. Mm-hmm. We did a pre-sign up campaign with a countdown, like you know, oh, 30 yeah. days, 29 days, and so many hours, and did that whole thing. So literally, we've built the team, we've built the site, we've got the countdown ready to go. All the 
social profiles, profiles, the sign-up campaign, we've got thousands of people signed up because we'd already had this audience, so we're transferring them over. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You already had like a critical mass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it, you know, it wasn't huge, yeah. um, but it was enough to get started. And so we'd kind of gotten across with this thing called Vino Mojo coming, super exciting. And then two days out from launch, we get a cease and desist letter from a lawyer. And so, Oh, those chestnuts. Yeah, I know. And so we're sitting there on a Friday knowing that we're launching on a Sunday and we get this letter and it's and it's Shit. like hand delivered to us obviously to, so we got it and we open it up and it's a cease and desist from a trademark attorney that basically says they're going to get a, a junction to stop us trading or launching because I've heard about this thing that's about to launch called Vino Mojo they were this big public company that had this wine called Mojo Wines oh. and but it was a different category so a wine like a, an actual wine and a retail online retail store completely different categories yeah. for trademark so like we're like oh my god um, so we called the cheapest solicitor we could because that's we couldn't we yep. should have wish I'd known you back then <laughs> yeah. could you? Uh, but so we called this solicitor and they said uh, we said what are we supposed to do he basically explained to us that because they've been operating for five years it didn't matter if they would win or lose the case they'd be able to get an injunction to stop us trading yeah. for in so they the judge had time uh, to hear the actual case and that might be 6, 12, 18 months down the track. Yeah, not so, worth it. Not worth it. So we're sitting there going, so what you're saying is no matter if it's right or wrong, they can get an injunction to stop us trading unless we change our name. To decide if it's right or wrong. Yeah, to decide if it's right or wrong. Yep. And he was like, yes. Like, <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, so, so we did what we always do when we had those kind of big issues or had to make any kind of decent decision. We opened a couple of bottles of wine. Yep, good. Uh, yep. Solid. Solid. So, I see uh, a pattern here. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're trying to go, all right, so what, what can we change it to um, temporarily? Yep. So then, you know, unless we came up with an amazing name, uh, go through this case, potentially win um, or probably win, and then change it back to Vino Mojo. About a bottle in... We're like going, all right, so Vino Moto, Vino <laughs> Modo. We needed to change it so little that people wouldn't be shocked by the change in name, you know, so yeah. the logo would look kind of similar, yep. very similar. Um, <clears throat> the, you know, the, everyone that signed up weren't like, who the hell is this person, you know, yeah. emailing me? I never gave permission. So we're like, Vino Moto, Vino Moto. And eventually, like, I think it was like the second, well, decent, definitely into the second bottle. Yeah. Um, I was like, why don't we call it Vino Mofo for the motherfuckers <laughs> that are trying to steal our mojo? And like, we just laugh. We're like, no, we can't. We can't call something one. So mother. risque. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, we can't. Am I allowed to swear on this one? Of know. course. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah. So we're like, we, we, we can't, we can't call our wine company wine motherfucker like yeah. that is like that's vino is wine mofo is obviously that and we're like we can't do that that oh but can we it's kind of funny and so then we thought well what if we called it vino mofo we did a, a huge about us page told the whole story um and explained why and it was for the mofos that are trying to steal our mojo and we could kind of you know kind of give the middle finger to the this public company that will make it <laughs> so hard for no reason yeah nice um, I read that actually. Did you? Yeah, two yeah. days ago. It's still there. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, good. It's a great good story. Yeah. That's how I know oh, about oh, it. Oh, great. And so then, <laughs> so then we're like, um, and then we'll change it back. Yeah. Um, once we go through and we uh, win it, uh, we'll change it back. Yeah. But as soon as we launched, it just took off, and so all these and so all these members were calling themselves Mofos and Mofats. Oh, like, so it's you yeah, done. And, yeah. So they were like, and they were loving it, and it also. Uh, struck a chord with the same audience because if you get offended by a company called Vino Mofo, you're probably not our people. Yeah. You know that no bow ties, no BS. Get rid of all the intimidation and bullshit around wine, and just if you're if you're passionate about wine and you love it, just experience it for what it is, you know, yeah. and enjoy it. So that audience is perfect for 
a company called Venomofo. Yeah. And so that's why it just worked. And they loved it and it kind of took off. We we're getting heaps of PR. Um, it was growing super fast. And so we we're like, oh, let's just keep it. Amazing but then, but then story. we kept getting these files sent from the other uh, the other company with like you know sales histories to kind of putting their argument together for their side of the case. But we weren't fighting it. Oh yeah, like I don't care now. No, no, we don't care <laughs> you now. take your name. No, no. And that we, they kept getting these things sent to us, and we're like, why are they sending us these documents? Uh, and then like literally two years later, we get a notice. I think it was a year and a half, two years later, from the trademark whatever place that is saying that we'd won. <laughs> Without, Without even doing anything, it. yeah, and and so now we own both of them, but we don't use Venomojo. Oh my god! Yeah. And we didn't fight it, and we didn't spend a cent on it. That's hilarious. I know. And now, and we got it. We're like, oh, do you want to change it back? Andre was trying it for a while. Oh <laughs> my god, like, no! no well, you can't call each other you Mojets and no, Mojo. no, 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 and, uh, no. I think we were just joking, but the but yeah. So that was the story. Of oh, that's such a cool story. Yeah. <laughs> so that was 2011 when you guys started. And it was really, it's a groundbreaking concept. Like there was nothing really like it at the time. So can you tell us a bit about what the actual idea was? Yeah, so what we did was we removed all the middlemen, basically. So we curated a list of wines. So instead of like, say, like a big supermarket chain, Mm -hmm. they might have 20 or 30,000 SKUs. So what we did was we focused on like the premium to super premium end of the market, mm-hmm. which is which is much smaller, but there's far less volume that goes through that end compared to the you know bulk full stock kind of, kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then from that we curated to our favorite like five about five percent, which so we went super focused, like curated it down wow. to our favorite five, like only wines that we loved. And because of that focus, we just focused all our buying power on those particular wines, which means we bought more than anyone, which means we could sell it for the best price available. So. Wow. And then all the people in the middle that normally would sit there um, and get in commission, like agents and distributors and wholesalers, we just went direct to producer. So we went direct to producer, saved all of that margin, and then we went super focused so we could buy deeper than anyone and have the best prices. So no one could beat us. That's such an interesting model. Yeah. And it was and it was the only way you were going to win against the big guys. Because if we stocked twenty or 30,000 SKUs, you need to be a billion-dollar business from the start to, to be able to stock. win. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to even be able to have stock, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but to be able to win on prices because you just can't compete because they're selling so many of these wines across mm. their entire range. But if you focus it and only sell you know, a, a, a certain amount, you can put all your volume through those wines and you can actually beat them on buying oh my gosh yeah so that's what that's how it started and so we've taken that model now to new zealand and singapore and it's working really well yeah congratulations i saw that was 2016 you took it global to new zealand what was the scale up like really overwhelming i mean (sighs) you guys took 25 million dollars of investment yeah so we we took 25 million uh some of that came off the table some of it stayed in the business yeah uh, we use that to off the d- table money. Off the table money is goals. always good, isn't it? <laughs> Life goals. <laughs> yeah, it's a because people go twenty five million, and it's a lot of money. But you, but it was also quite a bit of that came off the table, you know, to sort out uh, early shareholders, look after family, like you know, and yeah. a substantial amount went into the business, yeah. which then allowed us to double down in Australia and uh, open up international markets. Yeah, which was so much fun. Yeah, what you was know? that like? Oh, it was so cool. Uh, you, it was such an exciting phase, you know, going into this new market. It was New Zealand was the first one, so it was you know nice and close. We understood the market fairly well. You never truly understand another international market. I thought you were going to say you never truly understand Kiwis, but no, 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 <laughs> I was no. like, wow, I would, I would never say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, there's no video. <laughs> yeah. No, I'd never say that. Um, 
Yeah, so going into that market, and we thought we had you know a great model for it, and the model as itself works, but what we were offering needed to evolve over uh, over that time as we learned things. So you know, you go, oh, it's a great model, it's it's got to work, and you go into a new market, and it's completely different to what mm. you think. And yes, the model, um, the actual model works, but the offering within that model Has needed to, to evolve. A bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but tell you what, when we did the launch party. I remember we're doing a countdown again to turn it on, <laughs> and this time it worked. Thankfully, uh, we've got we've got really good developers now. Oh, good! <laughs> and, Congratulations! Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we were like uh, refreshing the page when it was like countdown at like it was I don't know seven p.m. or something when it launched, and it was up on the screen as like a sign up page, and then at you know seven p.m. exactly it switched over to available, and this whole room of like media and early mofos had signed up, and part of our team and our family were there, and you know just celebration champagne popping and it was just one of those moments where i was like wow this is cool we did this yeah we did this because it's not so like awesome. it's not like a software company where you just turn on a country and it's easy because yeah. we've actually got physical stock which means you need warehousing you need logistics it's fragile it's alcohol it's so hard to get around yeah um so to do that there's a lot of infrastructure that you have to set up so sitting back and going wow we've done that and it's in another country how cool is this yeah and people yeah. are buying it yeah. like- and, and we, we sold we sold so much wine so quickly because there was so much noise around it and the same thing happened in Singapore when we launched about a year later it was like we sold our entire because it takes a while to get wine over there obviously mm. and so we sold our entire month's worth of wine in Singapore in two days <gasps> when we launched it. And wow. We, yeah, and we're like, oh, my God. And, you know, flying into – I still remember the feeling. Flying into Singapore, which, you know, I, I love Singapore. It's a great food and wine scene. And it's, you know, one of the most exciting kind of scenes anywhere in the world right now mm. for that. And so flying in, landing in Singapore, knowing that we had the warehouse and logistics and the business and mofos, it was just <laughs> one of those really special moments. Yeah. You know, like going, oh, wow, we're, like, operating in – like multiple countries now yeah and and then to see it like do the same launch party um and be surrounded by family friends team and mofos and media and pop champagne and go live with the site and then see all the wine sell out in like a day and a half and realize that we had no wine left in singapore (laughs) that we'd, we'd, we'd we'd planned out for a month but we sold it all in a day and a half or two days and go, oh, what, what do we do? It's like best possible sh- result, but also do, drama. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> what are the choices? Do we shut it down and go, coming back when we've got more wine? Yeah. <laughs> or do we fly stock over and make no money on it? So we ended up flying stock over just so we could continue the experience um, and, the and just got rid of our entire margin for a period <laughs> of time. Worth it, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, just so our mofos over there had wine. That is amazing. Yeah, it was so exciting. It was so much fun. I love that you have those memories as well because I think you're so often in the trenches and you don't pop up and take some air and look around and appreciate how exciting it is that you've actually launched in a new country. I yeah. love that that sticks out. As like well, a really I, I, something I learned, something I learned uh, because there were so many experiences like you would have had with your businesses. Like you go, well, you don't do that. You, 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 those moments where you should have sat back. Mm. Like I, I remember you know, when like certain revenue numbers or membership numbers or the time that I could tell mum to quit a job because she can come work for us full time, you know, like the, yeah. those beautiful moments that I wish I'd kind of sat back and really more. taken it in. Yeah. But I was such, I was in such a hurry to get, I was like, oh, great, good, that's done, cool, let's go. And to move to the next thing because I was in such a hurry to achieve these things and I didn't ever really take anything in until much later when I was like, hold on, you've and I started talking about it more. Yeah. And going, oh, you know what? I reckon I 
appreciate that for about seven seconds. <laughs> you know, seven seconds. Yeah. And if you think back to how big that moment was, you're like, that deserves so much more. Mm. Um, so now I'm far better at kind of just going, hold on, what are we doing here? Mm. We just launched the country. This is pretty cool. <laughs> we sold out in two days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cause of celebration. <laughs> this is a good thing, Justin. Yeah. Just breathe it in, experience totally. it, enjoy it, hug the people and, in, you know, have those moments. Yeah. yeah. Does your mum still work full time? Yeah. So does mine. Does <laughs> she? Did the same thing. I was like, seven seconds, mum, shit, yay, couple time, get to work. <laughs> back to work. Like. <laughs> you know, my, my beautiful mother, it's her birthday um, coming up and I'm about to fly back over to Adelaide to see her, but she... Uh, was working for us for free for years oh. before um, we were making any money. Yeah. And so when – and she's done my accounts uh, all through. So when I was like property, she was doing my accounts for free. Oh, my gosh, for free. so sweet. <clears throat> and then when we did Quaff, she did our accounts for free. And even through even through like Quaff and Road to Vino and the Great Australian Wine Adventure app, she was working for free. After she finished her day job, she'd come home and do our work because we couldn't afford to pay anyone. And this was like through like really crazy periods, you know, like, you know, some major, you know, yucky stuff that happened, you know, friends, family was going down and she got like cancer, got really sick and went through all that stuff, which is awful. But even... Through she that, was she was still working, <laughs> yeah. doing our accounts for free. And I was, so it was one of those really special moments um, when I could call mum, and I and I'd, I'd started to get her to like write down and have a vision board and write down goals and dreams and those types of things. Yeah. And she's really taking it on. And I remember calling her when I was going to tell her that she could come full time and she could quit the job which she hated. She wasn't treated very well oh, in that job. Uh, and she's such a beautiful human. And so I called her, and she's. Uh, I was like, mum. How much notice do you have to give? Yeah. Oh. I was like, it was one of those really special moments. Oh. And so, and she got like you know, a little bit, you know, obviously upset, emotional. but happy and emotional. Yeah. And then she, she told me years later, which was so cool, that she hung up the phone um, and did a dance in the kitchen. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> to, to, to celebrate. <laughs> and then she also told me that it was what she put on her vision board to work for her boys. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, those are the moments where you're just like, this is what it's all about. Exactly. And so oh. I wish in those moments I'd taken more. But I now I look back and that kind of still gets me emotional because of how important and powerful that is. Yeah. So I can still get the feeling. But it's, um, I think I skipped through so many great moments because I was in such a rush to make sure it was all good. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah absolutely. And it's such, I mean, when you, especially when you first start, <clears throat> you just don't even breathe for like two or three years until you you either burn out or something for something external forces you to kind of reevaluate and get some perspective. Yeah, absolutely. So that brings me to the second segment, which is called NATA, which are all the things that get in the way of your yay. Okay. Basically along the way. So your biggest challenges, I think one of the big ones is self doubt, which is a major theme for the podcast for anyone who's starting something new that's a new idea you're always going to doubt yourself and your ability to get there will anyone like it am i doing the right thing if you're a perfectionist like me it's really hard to get things out to begin well, with you're one of those are you? i'm one of those i was <laughs> progress, a lawyer man <laughs> progress over perfection every single time yeah and then of course working with family adds new layers and then the financial stress of having investors and also just the busy that productivity pressure that we all have so f- what are some of the challenges for you been along the way i think i read something awesome which was called your superhero cape strategy oh yes <laughs> uh, so it's famous in its own it, right it's famous it's so famous it's so famous. <laughs> uh the self self-doubt absolutely uh i've had it um in spades over the years and i think i think 
in hindsight now you realize and I've, you know, I've realized for a while now, but everyone has it. Everyone feels it. Mm. It's just feeling it and doing it anyways, basically. Mm. But all the cool shit that's happened in my life career has always been outside that comfort zone. You know, they, people yeah. talk about it, but it's so true. So the first time I got in front of a camera to film um, Road to Vino, which was Anquaf TV, I was shit scared of going in front of a camera. I'd never been in front of it. My sister's an actress. I've, so I've seen it my whole, I've never done it. Yeah. I, at that point, I had never done it. So yeah. like, I was like petrified. I was like, I didn't even want to suggest it because I was like, is that just self-indulgent to <laughs> say that I'm worthy of being in front of it? So all that I was yeah. thinking. And you know what that led to, Road to Vino, it led to Quaff TV, it led to TV appearances, it led to being in a movie, it led to like so many things that have helped me personally and the business. Yeah. That it's I, I now think back and go, wow, I was I was really scared. I let self-doubt get in the way, but once you just jump over it and get it done, um, that's where all the cool stuff happens. Totally. And yeah. that's one thing I always try and say is it won't go away. It's not meant to go away. It means you care. But if you had let that change your decision and let you decide not to do that, then you never would have learned. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And as you would have experienced, all the good stuff's out there. Like that's outside your comfort zone. Like that's yeah. the the when I think back to all those really special moments or the things that I value the most um, have come from those moments when I was had the most self-doubt and the most fear yeah. and did it anyway. You know, I used I, to do like, fuck it. I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm just going to push through. You just, you just go, fuck it. <laughs> just go, fuck it. Yeah. Uh, and, and you're supposed to feel nerves, you know. Like when I, the first time I got up and uh, spoke on a stage, I was petrified. Mm. And I was like, I know I need to do this because it's great as a leader of a business mm. to be able to talk publicly. It's great um, in front of your own team to be able to talk well. It's great for to be able to tell your story broadly. And so I was like, I just have to do it. So one year, it was like five years ago or so ago, I was like, this year, I'm saying yes to everything. Like absolutely every opportunity possible, I'm gonna say yes. One comes in like a day later. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> it was this it was talking. It was in front of like 700 people. <gasps> and I was like, yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. And so I said yes. And I was so, I, was, I couldn't sleep, you know, like, and I practiced so much, like in the lead up to it. I lost my <laughs> voice, you know, and I, and I was still so nervous. And I remember getting there. It was like a green room and there was other famous people, like, sorry, famous people. Yeah, I and, was like, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, no, no. Cool, famous, man. Like, famous people. And I, and I was like, like, who the hell am I speaking with these people? There was, there was like food and drinks. And I was like, you felt so important. But so I was so, ner- so fancy. And I was so nervous and I was like sweating <laughs> and, and so I go down stage they call me and I've seen a couple other people go out on stage and I'm like this is what have, what have I done I just want to run a million miles away and uh, they call me down they mic me up with a headset there's like cameras everywhere and big oh stage with lights and I'm walking out and I'm like just oh please remember please remember the things to say and the um, the sweat was pouring <laughs> I'm so glad that I was so far away from the crowd because if they'd been close, they would have seen me. I'm so glad because I was just like... <laughs> the droplets. Yeah, like the droplets. Like, and it wasn't just one. It was like, you know, they were sliding past like yeah. it was raining. I was like, oh, this is awful. But then the second one was a little bit easier. The third one, I think that year I did so many that I kind of got comfortable with it, yeah. but not so comfortable that... I don't still get the nerves, yeah. you know? And now I look at those things as like the nerves are good because it actually gets you into this place where you're more energetic and more powerful and and you're kind of really excitable about what you're about to say, you know? So I use it, whereas before I was so scared of it. Yeah, you you don't know what to do with all that energy. Then I just force myself through it, you know? Uh, And so that's been amazing, you know? 
th- those things are, yeah, that you fear and you yeah. do and it works out. Yeah. I think it just gets less and less every time, but you're never going to see yourself get more comfortable unless you try and do it over and over until yeah. you get more comfortable. Exactly. Like practice. Yeah, practice. totally. And in that year that you did say yes to everything, I also had one of those years and it was amazing. Like the growth of your personal brand and your business by not being kind of scared off by your fears or your doubts or whatever is incredible. But then on the flip side, when you do say yes to everything, I find the burnout that then happens because you're not just doing your job, you're also out there talking about your job. And then when you're home, you've got two seconds to rest and shower and like do life admin, but there's no other time left. So has burnout or um, that A-type like pressure to achieve and, and always do the next thing and always have a to-do list, has that been a challenge for you? Uh, yeah, it has, and I think it is for everyone. I don't have... Except Lazy Ben. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor guy. <laughs> you ruined yeah, him forever. <laughs> I know. God, I love you, Ben. Um, <laughs> no, no, it definitely has been. And I think that I don't have, like, work and home life. I Like, this is just my life. Yeah. Uh, you know that? People talk about, like, work whatever life balance thing. <laughs> Work whatever. Like, yeah, what, whatever the other thing is. Like balance. I don't have it, but it's because I love what I do. Like I don't consider it work. It's just life. And on like Sundays when I've got plenty of time, you know, like or, you know, sometimes have plenty of time, <laughs> what do I do? I get a whiteboard out and I plan out business stuff yeah. because I love it. It's, yeah. And, I, you know, and I've got a really supportive wife who loves ideas and businesses as well and loves the conversation, so we do it together. So oh, we're, we're very aligned in business and that's the same with life goals and, you know, vision board and all those things that we do. Uh, so it makes it a lot easier. But, yes, and I think I've definitely, I've definitely uh, faced it and I think you get better at dealing with it the more experience you have. I think... At the start, you feel like you have to do everything. I think it's also even worse when you do love what you do because when you don't love what you do, you want to break. But when you yeah. love it, you don't want to break. So it's like, you know, there's no incentive. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I think you get um, you get better at kind of uh, focusing on the right things the, the more experience you have. So now I just do priority lists. So mm. I, I start the day with like a priority list, like one through six, start with number one, work my way through. It's because it's there's so much going on. Yeah. You know, I get like my email is insane I like it's just awful you don't even want <laughs> yep. to look at it yep. so yep. I, I just start you. yeah so I just start every day going all right what is the most important thing I can do today yeah and I go well if that's the most important thing that's what I'm going to do until I can it's either completed or I can't push it any further because I'm waiting on someone else or some, something else and I go to number two and yeah. I, that's what I do that's the only way I, like that's how I focus on the most important thing at any one time whereas before when I was starting and the early parts of my career, I'd be like, I need to be all things. I need to complete everything. I need, I need to respond to every email. I need to do all the stuff that I'm really bad at as well as the stuff that I'm good at. Mm-hmm. And I think you get better at focusing on your strengths yeah. and you get better at focusing on what the number one, two, three priority is. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, we do have this like mistaken idea that we're able to multitask effectively. I know. I'm glad to hear you say that. Because Ash, my wife, believes she can. <laughs> okay, women can to an extent. <laughs> yes. I take that back. <laughs> yeah, no, she definitely thinks it's a, it's a male-female thing. Because I literally I'm can pretty only... sure it is. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Look, I'll go with you. I'll go with you on that. Uh, I've, learned, I've learned to pick my Don't battles. Don't argue. <laughs> yeah. But I definitely can only focus on one thing at a time. If, yeah. if you distract me or I'm trying to do two things, it's not done as well, you know? Like, yeah. I need to go all in, focus on one. And I think there's science now to back up the fact that the brain is actually just more effective when it's not trying to like split focus between so many different things. Um, But it's interesting. I love also that you said that 
work-life balance isn't a linear like there's no delineation for you it's life and then all the things that fit in it and I've actually had a lot of people on the podcast who have that approach that is actually quite surprising because so many people are like oh work-life balance you know it's it's, it's such a it's such a thing it's such a thing at the moment and, isn't and it? it's good that we're thinking about it yeah. but it's also a bit unrealistic in some context when you do run your own business and you can't have just a straight bang straight line down the middle yeah exactly and also what if you love it like what if, exactly what if, like your joy is that you know exactly. like, i love wine yeah <laughs> like i love it so and you know that's I, amazing i yeah. love hearing that <laughs> yeah i love it and also i love business so you know when my one of my best mates is the head of engineering here luke and when we catch up on you know friday night or saturday barbecue or whatever that looks like lots of lunches yeah uh, <laughs> but we talk about work we talk about business because you love it because we both love it yeah you know? i and, love that yeah and it's like when people go oh you need to switch off and i'm like Great, but what if I don't want to? What yeah. if, like, am I trying to force myself to switch off because someone or some people have said that I need to? I'm like, no. Which is why I think that work-life balance, treating it as, like, two mutually exclusive things is not realistic for people who have found something they love because it doesn't work that way. But I do think that there has to be some room for some things that aren't related to your work just to keep, like, to keep your creativity fresh. Yeah. Even even just because you can get jaded or your ideas can get a bit stale if you haven't taken a break or had some outside yeah, perspective. Different locations, and, different conversations, yeah. different people. Um, absolutely. So and rather than asking about balance, I have the third section, which is called Play TA, which is pretty much just the fact that we all talk so much about what we do and what our output and achievements are, but don't often associate it. I mean, you obviously do, but a lot of people don't ask if it's making them happy or if it brings them joy or if any of the activities in their life bring joy. And I think that's really sad that we've moved so far away from that and so much more towards other metrics to measure life. But I think fulfillment is really just about having some play and happy, joy, joyful moments. And I love that some of yours are at work. But are there any things that you do in your life that aren't related not necessarily that aren't related to wine, yep. but that aren't related to working in wine. <laughs> yeah, well, I, look, I love, uh, I, obviously, wine is a passion. So wine and food is a big thing. Travel is huge for me. I love, well, I travel all the time. You're an Islamaniac. I'm yeah. an Islamaniac, and which basically just means you love islands. Yeah, but and it's so, so much cooler that yeah, way. I, I was like, ooh, fancy word. <laughs> um, I read it somewhere years ago, and I was like, that's cool. That's, that's, that's the term. That's me. Yeah. yeah. I'm there. I, I love islands. Like I, I, I grew up with um, islands on my computer, like computer screen or on my walls, you know, like it yeah. was always a thing. It's just something, you know, Richard Branson owns his island. You really are going the parallels here. Yeah, We're oh, no, buy- I, I would love to, you know, there's just something about it. I don't know why. It's probably the idea is more romantic than the real. <laughs> the reality of yeah, admin exactly. of having an, no, exactly. it has to have like a winery on it or something. Yeah. Could you imagine? The only problem is you can't really grow good grapes in tropical climates. Ooh. Yeah. You need cool climates, which is not really my thing. Cause I like tropical islands. Maybe it could be a tasting island. Yes. I'm thinking so like a yeah. tasting event kind of thing. So you bring over a whole bunch of people to your island for one events, not to actually grow the ones. It could be like like vino tasting hq yeah that'd be cool honey. Mm. but yeah so probably travel islands i love the ocean like I, just, I need to be near the ocean in the ocean as much as possible yeah that's my thing family everything's driven for me by family i that's why i do everything i do pretty much you know i love it but also my main driver is family mm. to look after the people i love yep and what do you guys do when you do travel do you leave your work at home like do you <coughs> make a no <laughs> <laughs> not yeah. really I, I, when i travel what i do get an opportunity to do when i 
can get away from the day-to-day stuff is I just like read or listen to podcasts yeah. um, or whiteboard or talk about <laughs> ideas. Yeah, whiteboard. It's so good with uh, to, to <laughs> Asha, my wife, is so aligned with me that um, she loves it too. So we get yeah. to do those things. And I like, I love reading. I'm a really slow reader. And she like reads three books for my every one. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I do love listening to podcasts um, and audiobooks and that type of thing. But it's all around goals, business. I was going to say, know. is there any fiction? Anything no, like relaxing? Re- no, do you watch I, TV? Uh, very rarely. Uh, I don't watch a lot of TV at all. And if I do, I like movies. You okay. know, like I like watching movies, generally comedies, oh, yeah. to kind of escape. That's probably my escape. Yeah, maybe. I was going to say, yeah. what's your escape? That's probably my show. escape, like comedies, like really yeah. kind of lame comedy. Oh, yeah, I was going to say like high quality. <laughs> no, no. They're, uh, Highbrow comedy. You know, my, yeah, no, oh, this is embarrassing, but no, um, Chevy spill. Chase. Oh, yeah, Chevy okay. Chevy Chase, yep. like National Lampoon's. Yeah, nice. Like I, I grew up watching that with the family, <laughs> you know, sitting around the TV and going, and he, dad reminded me of Chevy Chase. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, Chevy Chase movies. Like, uh, I think I introduced Ash to them, and now she's probably watched each of them about thirty times. So, <laughs> oh, good. You're converting her slowly. Yeah. No, she, I think she loves it now. And then in between all of that, what do you do to look after yourself? <clears throat> Other than the antioxidants that wine bring, obviously, yes. food and exercise. Yeah. Do you get a lot of sleep? Is that a priority? I try to. I try to, and I've got way better at it because you know when you start a business, you don't really sleep. It's not a thing. No, it's not a thing, and because you, you're always. <laughs> stressed as well yeah and it's learning how to deal with stress yeah to be able to sleep well i think in the early days i didn't deal with it as much because there was whatever went wrong it was our issue you know we had to yeah. fix it whereas as you build up a great team you've got people to do most of those things and probably far better than you anyway so <laughs> yeah. so the stress is less around yeah. that stuff so that helps you sleep but sleep's incredibly important and i love it uh, and i'm better at it than i've ever been uh, health wise um i've got into really good patterns to kind of go to the gym um, and work out, eat kind of healthy. I've, it's a hard line, for, a hard balance for me because I'm in the food and wine industry <laughs> and there's lots of events. Yes. And they obviously involve food and wine. Yeah. So I have this kind of like. And they're periods. never salads. It's never salads. It's never salads. <laughs> it's very rarely salads. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and it's wine, you know. So, yeah. and, you know, it's so much passion around that that, you know, they can. There's a, there's, a, there's a lot of excess consumption of great food and, and great vino, but I think so it's, I, kind of, I kind of have these periods of time when I'm like super good. Mm-hmm. Um, so pre-wedding for like... <laughs> when you were shredding? Yeah, when I was shredding for the wedding. Yeah. Um, I lost like five or six kilos. I was just like... Nice. Um, yeah, I was, I'm going super hard. Yep. Um, and so I was very good with exercise. I had a PT four days a week and I was... Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I was trying You're really right. hard. Yep. <laughs> Ash, Ash is a bit younger than me. I, I needed to get in shape. Uh, <laughs> and so I was like, I'm going to work out really hard and um, do that. And so then at the wedding, I was like, baby, this is as good as it gets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I went downhill from here. Downhill from here. <laughs> and, and so I probably put it all back on, but I've just started again. But I go through these phases. Yeah. I did the hardest workout this morning. It was insane. Um, it, was, it was like it was too early, too insane, and I'm, I'm really sleepy. Yeah, it's just like, I'm going home. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but I'm, I guess I, the thing is I'm just very in, I'm, I'm intense in my periods yep. of that. So I go like super hard, get fit, and then I relax a little bit <laughs> and have all it. the events, and then I go super hard again. So yeah. I don't know if it, that's very balanced, but, you know, it, it works. I think if it works for you, yeah, you know, exactly. whatever. <laughs> and just to finish up, what are three interesting things about you that don't normally come up in these kinds of conversations? This is my favourite question because always you get the weirdest stuff come out. Three interesting things um, that don't often come up. Uh, I think oh, uh, 
Garlic. Like, oh, I, yeah. I love garlic, oh, right? But I can't smell it. Really? No, I can't. Oh, my God. That... I was that going to be your weird thing? No, 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 I, uh-huh. no, no, because no, that would be funny. <laughs> yeah. line there. I wish Ash couldn't. So, uh, because garlic, which I adore, does not work for me. I really? like it's like makes me feel really sick. Oh, yeah, no. I, which I, you know, I just eat it anyway. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I'm so gluten intolerant. I'm like. People are like, wait, but you're eating a loaf of bread. Yeah, exactly. What? What yeah. of it? Yeah, exactly. That's for me with garlic. And so much so that I was in San Francisco and there's a, it's called the Stinking Rose or the Stinky Rose, Stinking Rose restaurant. And it's a garlic restaurant. <gasps> I went and ate probably 60 cloves of garlic in nice. one sitting. I felt so ill. I couldn't get out of bed for about a day and a half. And it just like, this garlic, like smoke, like comes out of me and it's like, like a haze yeah this haze you. of garlic and i wake up and i can see the haze <clears throat> so that's probably the thing it's embarrassing that's a great I, one i don't I know it. why i said that no um, i love it but anyway so i love it's garlic. not the worst we've had don't worry <laughs> it's i love it but it's um not good for me uh what's something kind of weird um pet peeves allergies tattoos pet peeves allergies no tattoos um, that doesn't peeves. count then. You've got to give me two more. Yeah. <laughs> pet peeves. What annoys me? <laughs> <laughs> what annoys me? Uh, bad drivers. I was going to say, mine's slow walkers. People slow who walk walkers like three deep on the footpath. A bit annoying. With no oh. overtaking space. I'm are like, mate. Bike, are you a bike rider? I'm going to tell I'm not. Oh, good. I hate bike riders. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. I've just offended most of the audience because know, it's sorry, such a guys. thing now. But uh, I just, bike riders, like, just. <laughs> yeah, I see the anger. I just, I just, I just see them. And some of my best friends are bike riders. Yeah. And I'm like, I just hate you a little bit. <laughs> but I know that if I was a bike rider, I'd hate drivers. Yeah, same. I'm that person I'm, who's like, when I'm a pedestrian, Drivers are so rude. They don't stop at the pedestrian crossing, blah, blah, blah. When I'm a driver, I'm like, bloody pedestrian, yeah. get off the road. Like, yeah. take I, your time. I'm, I'm, because I, I live down in Brighton. Yeah. So that road all the way in, it's a long drive anyway oh, to yeah. where we're coming here. And there's so many bike riders, like, yeah. all the time. <laughs> and they take up one entire lane. And so, and I'm, I, I'm very kind of respectful of their space because I understand it. Yeah. Uh, that would be super scary. And I've got a lot of friends that ride and some have been taken off and it's like so i get it so yeah. i'm very but they just annoy me a little bit yeah. i've got to be honest <laughs> yeah good um, honesty authenticity is what this is about yeah. i love it <laughs> garlic the bike riders what else we is just there? lost a little listeners yeah i know sorry, sorry. no it's my fault not yours <laughs> i started it uh, all the other things tattoos allergies or weird skills weird skills party tricks Hmm. I'm feeling very boring. <laughs> no, you, well, it's interesting because I can play the guitar. Oh, that's a good one. Yes, I was in a band when I was younger. I, what was um, it called? No, it didn't have a name. It never got that far. Oh, but we used to get oh to, so it was just you in your room by yourself. No, <laughs> no, it was a bunch of mates, and I, I've played guitar since I was really young. Uh, I learned it in black primary school when I was like ten, and I've played until now, um, which is a lot longer. <laughs> so, like. 10 years. Yeah, I 15, love you so much. 15 years. Yeah, yeah no, more, so. yeah, more like 30. <laughs> but, um, but no, and I, I love guitar. I've got a couple of beautiful guitars and I play that as, I guess that's the way I chill out actually. And uh, and I play, yeah, so I guess 
uh, something that you don't talk about much is one the guitar but also two that was in a band that never actually played a gig and had no name had no name I mean, and that's didn't really play a gig. preliminary and i can't <laughs> sing oh so you just kind of hum along <laughs> yeah, yeah so i tried to is it like a, a direct i got singing lessons and he i was the, i think i was the only one so when i was younger i was like oh someone needs to sing and so my friend and i like in the band we yeah. can't just be an instrumental because that's yeah and so uh, a friend and i went and got singing lessons and there was this great singing teacher and the poor guy he must have like like we sounded like, like you know like screaming it was awful and so i remember he was having like a uh, like a concert for all his uh, students and we didn't get invited oh my gosh <laughs> Oh, you poor thing! I completely understand why. <laughs> oh, well, that's wonderful. So is there, like, I, I can just picture in my brain, like, the X and Y axis of the correlation of, like, getting better at singing as the wine consumption gets better? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I feel like I can hold a tune now. But then I'm mostly drinking wine, so that's probably Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> All right, thank you so much for joining us. This was so interesting. I feel like I could just keep going, asking questions. Yeah, same. Same, <laughs> right. actually. It's been really enjoyable. Thank you so much for I'm having me. I'm so glad. Well, yeah, I'm, there's so many thing, other things I want to ask. Well, but we can do that. We'll turn it off now and we'll have a further chat. Yeah. <laughs> Crack out the wine. Yeah. <laughs> I'll include links to everything anyway, so if awesome. people want to find out more, they can. Thank you so much. Thank you. If you're a devout listener, which I hope many of you are, you'll know I forgot the last question somehow, was having way too much fun and I wasn't even drinking wine. So (laughs) Justin later added his favourite motivational quote for us, which was such a cracker. Success is not owned, it is rented and the rent is due every day. What an absolute legend. I'll include links to all his ventures in the show notes and how you can follow him personally at Justin Dry. And if you haven't already done so, please hit the subscribe button now so you never miss a dose of yay. And you all know, I adore seeing your feedback in reviews and screenshots. So please keep those coming and make sure you tag me so I can reshare them on Spoonful of Sarah. Feedback and suggestions always welcome too, of course. I hope you're having an amazing day and seizing your yay. 